Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Angie Austin and Jim Stovall talking about his Winner's Wisdom column. This week it's called The Real Deal. Welcome, Jim. Hey, it is great to be with you. Okay, so, Jim, I just have to say something funny, because a couple of times I've called you my mentor in front of my husband, and he's always like, well, why's, why's Jim, what's his deal again? What, what's, why's Jim your mentor? What's he done again? And then I, like, go through everything you've done, and then he right. clams up, and he it's just funny because he's always out for a debate. He just likes debating. And like, I say it's blue. He says it's green. I give him two, you know, he gives me two shirts. I wear the white one. He asks me, what, you don't like the blue one? You know, he just, he thinks it's fun. But yeah, when I, when I say that, he, he likes to find out why. And then when he hears everything you've done, he just kind of is, and I know you're very humble, but your, your resume is pretty impressive. Well, tell him I may be the mentor, but uh, you married him. I mean, uh, you know, come on. (laughs) That's hilarious. All right, so what are we learning this week in The Real Deal? Well, I, you know, I'm in the midst of having my ninth uh, novel turned into a movie, and I love the the behind-the-scenes, how they make movies, that whole experience. So I get a lot of films, and I will review the director or the producer's commentaries. And not long ago, I put on one of the uh, the, the original Rocky film because uh, how that film got made and Stallone didn't have anything. And it was just amazing that it even got made. The, the story of how it was made may be better than the story in the movie. But Stallone did commentary throughout the film. And he was talking about... Uh, you know, way back in the day, he was watching Muhammad Ali fight, and he was going to fight somebody else, and the other guy was injured, couldn't, so they threw in this guy at the last minute named Chuck Wepner, and, you know, he fought Ali. Well, it turns out this guy was one of the only few people. He knocked Ali down. He went 15 rounds and lasted and didn't get knocked out. The whole deal. And so Stallone says, I'm going to turn this guy into a movie. And he was I didn't even know. I, I didn't even, all these years, I had no idea that that was based on, like, a, yeah. a, a, okay, that's pretty good. Chuck I Webner. I didn't either. And so I was telling our team here, I said, wow, there's this guy named Chuck Webner, and he grew up in poverty, and he's like Rocky Balboa, and he fought the deal. And then and then after the fight, he wrestled the guy. They put him in with Andre the Giant, and he did an exhibition. You know, everything's like that. So, you know, I said, wow, I wish I could have known that guy. Well, um, you know, I have people do great research here for my books, and about 30 minutes later, a young lady comes in and said, uh, Chuck Webner is 83 years old, and he lives in Bayonne, New Jersey, and here's his address. So I wrote the guy, and I said, here are a few of my books and my columns, and I'd love to interview you. And, you know, it was about a month later, he calls me. He even sounds like Rocky, you know, from New Jersey. You right, know? And, right. And, and you know, we just had an amazing, amazing talk. And he is the real deal. He's 83. He still works every day for a national sales organization. He, uh, you know, he, he's, he, you know, he had a great perspective on the fights, you know. And, he, you know, he said, I know I wasn't the greatest of all time. Ali was. But I did knock him down, and I went the distance, and I got every ounce out of my talent. And I said, how do you want people to remember you? He said, well... You know, nobody that ever bought a ticket to a Chuck Webner fight ever got cheated. I they got their <laughs> money's worth, and, and I love he was that. just a great guy. And he's got that Rocky Balboa sense of humor. I, I said, "Do you have any advice that would be universal for everybody?" 
And he said, well, after I did the dumb wrestling thing, this promoter came to me and he said, if you really want to make a lot of money, we do have another gig you could do since you, you, know, you went the distance with Ali. We have a wrestling bear. And, and, and you, you get in the ring with this bear, and he wrestles you, but he's trained and he's muzzled. He won't hurt you or nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, I was going to tell him no way, but then they told me how much they'd give me to wrestle this bear. So he said, Jim, I get in the ring with this bear. But he said, I've never wrestled before. I'm a fighter. <laughs> so I come out and do what I normally do. And, you know, I, a couple of jabs and a cross, I hit the bear in the face. And, and he said, um, the next thing I know, I'm over the top road, rope, and I'm about eight rows back in, in, the, in the seats. They're laying on some people. The bear threw and, him? The you know, bear picked him up and threw him. Bears don't like said, to be punched in the face, apparently. Right. So he said, I got up and kind of limped back down the aisle. I'm going to get in and finish this thing. And the bear would not let me back in the ring. And finally, the referee called it off and everything. And he said, so, Jim, I guess I would just leave people with the fact that um, whatever you do in this life, don't punch a bear in the face. That's very important to remember. And I said, Chuck, you know, that's, that can help almost anybody right there. Just just don't do that. Oh, that's so funny. I have two things. Um, there was an employee that kind of gets lippy with my husband a lot, and he tried to, he, because he's a higher up in my husband's company, uh, He and, and kind of in with two of the other founders, he thinks sometimes he can kind of give my husband verbal jabs, right? And yesterday, mm-hmm. like, my husband was done. He shut his computer, looked at the two of their founders, and said, I am done with this guy. And it might have been a little bit saltier that, that and mm-hmm. a lot louder. And all of a sudden, he said the guy who's never backed down and likes to make lots of sarcastic remarks. Made a remark about training my husband on. Oh, you want me to train you on such and such? Real sarcastic. And so uh, my husband, he was done. And he said the guy like was back down so quickly and so apologetic because he'd punched the bear in the face. Like mm-hmm. he'd finally punched, he'd wrestled him before and gave him a few, but he punched the bear in the face. And it was like, no, that was it. Like you, you. I just think you can't take it too far. You've got to uh, uh understand a certain level of respect for whatever the other person's position is but just as a human a certain level of respect and then you were talking about no one ever went to a chuck wepner fight he said and got ripped off like he's given it his all right that's what he's saying okay my daughter tried out for a high school theater team and one of my daughters is uh super strong and tall the other one at this point still is very tiny uh maybe 70 pounds she weighed 65 pounds for three years her sister's like 165 nine but solid like a swimmer you know a swimmer and a volleyball player so this tiny little bugger we just said look we know your ball handling skills are amazing but these girls are really big you still have to play defense if you want to make the team i am telling you jim i could not believe it girls were picking her up with the ball and she would not let it go she was getting in there and scrapping and getting so many rebounds like the rebounds the tall girls were getting and when she came out we're like where did that come from because usually she's an excellent she's a point guard so her ball handling skills her dribbling her shooting they're all very good especially for her size but she's a little afraid of defense so she usually stands back and hopes the ball pops out of the pack she's not in the middle of the pack but we couldn't believe it last night like how hard she played and so I felt like that was like a Chuck Wepner uh, fight. You didn't get ripped off. You got what you paid for. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I, I would guess that she's probably never punched a bear in the face. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably and, why she doesn't go for some of those uh, boy. I mean, some of those basketball girls. I don't know if you, um, you well, obviously have seen girls basketball in a long time because you've lost your sight so long. They ago. are like, tough. Yeah. Heard, yeah, heard them. And I'm telling you, Jim, it's not like the 
games I used to see like 20, 30 years ago that were more like, I don't know, like a tea party game where they had yes. like manners and, oh, I think it's your ball. No, there's none of that. It is more like a lot of punching the bear in the face and it gets super physical. I'm, I'm shocked at how physical girls basketball is now. Well, it's amazing. As you know, we've talked about it many, many times. One of my great mentors and friends was Coach John Wooden, and he he lived to be almost 100, and he loved WNBA. He would watch the women's games more than men's games and more than college. And I said, Why, what is it about that you like? And he said, they, they run plays, they strategize, and they play defense. And he said, so t- so much in the NBA, the guys don't play defense. They're just running up and down the court. You know, it's like a track meet. But he said, these girls play great defense, and they, you know, they run plays, they do screens, they do all this stuff. And he said, it's just a more strategic game, and he just loved it. That's interesting because I never thought about that because these guys get so good that they're like shooters. That if they get the ball, right. they can do a three pointer. So like that's what they do. It's a track meet with three pointers, right? Right. Hmm. Right. So that, that's a very he, good point. he loved it, and, and he would love your daughter. You know, the seventy-pound tiger playing <laughs> defense. Because you know, I have a friend, Jim King, who was in the NBA. He played eleven seasons in the NBA, Chicago wow. Bulls, and was not a great talent. So, and he knew that day one. So he said, "I learned. I've got. I've got to be the best free throw shooter on the floor, and I got to play more defense than anybody." And that's what he did. And he had an eleven-year career. And. Uh, and, uh, you know, and you hang around the NBA, even if you're on the bench, you hang around the NBA 11 years, you do very, very well. Well, isn't it, um, what, the, didn't they call him the worm, Dennis Rodman? Like how, I yes. don't, like, maybe was it because he could get in there and get rebounds? I mean, that was mm-hmm. his thing, right? That's like what he did. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember meeting him. And, and now, this is not a, a well man. And he, he, he I mean, mentally, he he was the guy. He was on the uh, the cover of a magazine, you know, wearing a, a wedding dress, and right. and and I was at this corporate event, and one of the executives said, "Dennis, I've just been curious, where'd you get to the wedding dress?" And he said, "Well, I went to a wedding shop in New York, and they had it, and I, and I I just took it, you know." And this is a six ten giant man, right. and and the executive turned to me and said, "Jim, that's why America's great." A six ten man can go in and buy a wedding dress off the rack, and it works. And that's what the. That's pretty funny. Well, it's true. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I just, you know, here's a wedding dress that fits a six ten man. He walked in and bought it. <laughs> right off the rack. Yeah. How unusual is that? I mean, I know they alter those things, but I actually do have my friend's daughter six ten. So there is a market out there, a small sure. market, but there's definitely a market out there. All right. So in um, this Chuck. Oh, and by the way, is there anything else on Chuck Webner? So uh, uh, the Sylvester Stallone movie Rocky based off of Chuck Webner, which you and I there just is recently actually heard. a documentary about him. It is simply called Chuck. OK. And I think you can get it on Amazon or some of the platforms. And and it, it's actually and you can uh, you can Google the real Rocky and he there's all his stuff. It's it's really, really amazing. I love that. So what did you want, um, you know, when you found out about him and you learned and you, and you talked to him, uh, first of all, what was your interview for and what, what's your lesson this week for us? What was your interview? Oh, I interviewed him uh, for this column I wrote this week. And then I may put him in a book someday, uh, you know, d- about getting it all. I mean, you know, what we're responsible for is, is getting every bit of our potential out into the world. That's what we're responsible for. And, you know, Chuck Webner is one of the guys that really, really did that. Um, 
you know, more than some of the great fighters who everybody knows their name, you know, Webner got more out of his talent than anybody. And, uh, and, and just a great guy. And, uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think that whole thing is just, is just fascinating, but I am always, um, you know, something interests me. I try to make a connection and get involved and he's just a, he's just a great guy. You know, it's interesting. Um, He's taller than Stallone, and uh, I don't know how mm-hmm. tall Stallone is, but obviously he was. Uh, we see him as a big man. But uh, you know, you mentioned he's in his eighties now, Chuck. But I was looking at an old photo of the two of them together, and you say he sounds like Rocky. He is wearing yeah. in this photo like a nineteen seventies silk shirt. Remember with the pointy collars, and yeah. he has designs on it, kind of the way like a Versace shirt of the current times would have. And then he's got the seventies collar suit, but and then the mustache and the goatee, right? So. He he is the spitting image, the epitome of the way he sounds and the way you would visualize him in that silk patterned 1970s shirt. It's completely Rocky slash Chuck Wepner, as you would as you would envision him. He is. And he is the he's the real deal. And, I'm, you know, it's like Rocky comes to life. Well, I get such a kick out of interviewing you every week, Jim, and how cool that you're out there interviewing people to get us all this great content for your Winner's Wisdom column, and you're probably getting close to 60 books and working on your ninth movie and running your uh, narrative television network as well. Uh, How do we reach you and find out more about you if people want to check you out? Jim Stovall, S-T-O-V-A-L-L, jimstovall.com. The highlight of my week, Jim. Thank you. Hey, be well, and... uh, you know, my my regards and co- congratulations to the defensive giant. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Bye. Trinidad is listening to the Mighty 670 KLT. You are amazed there are so many home goods that would be useful and look great in your home. Walking into an ARC thrift store is truly one-stop shopping. Imagine yourself finding endless amounts of essential products, furniture, clothing, and other items you need for your house. You've been looking for that home furnishing or clothing item, thinking it would cost too much. And then you realize how reasonably priced your new treasure is. ARC thrift stores offer you countless options of products you can buy. Their thrift stores are clean and organized, and the money you spend there helps other Coloradans with developmental and intellectual disabilities. With over 30 locations in Colorado, ARC Thrift Store is your one-stop shop for great prices and all of your essentials. Visit arcthrift.com, that's A-R-C thrift.com, to find the nearest ARC Thrift Store near you. Hey, friend, Angie Austin here with the good news. Uh, You know I talk a lot about um, my love for the organization ARC. Joining us is Lloyd Lewis. He is the president and CEO of ARC, and he has expanded their workforce to include so many ambassadors, as they call them, that it has become a whole new organization uh, in the course of his 10-plus years running uh, ARC. Welcome to the program, Lloyd Lewis. Andrew, great to be on. You're one of our favorite friends and certainly one of our favorite customers and donors. So we can always tell when you're in the store. <laughs> I uh, do Sales donate a lot. Uh, 
Yes, there's a spike. I do donate a lot. I do shop a lot. And I know many of the ambassadors. So I'm really in touch with kind of the pulse because I'm friends with a lot of them on social media as well. So for people that hear ARC and don't really know what you do, let's start there. And then I want to get um, into how you've built this incredible, inclusive uh, workforce and culture. So what is ARC? Well, ARC is a 50-plus-year-old nonprofit. Our primary mission is to fund advocacy for people with intellectual disabilities like Down syndrome, autism, cerebral palsy. We are the primary funder of 15 ARC advocacy chapters across the entire state who help people with intellectual disabilities find jobs, housing, medical services, services in schools. And we generate funding by collecting donations from the public and reselling them to 31 thrift stores, which will be 34 thrift stores next year. That's unbelievable to me. Now, um, I, I've told you before, just as an aside for people with the holidays coming up, um, that we've done our Christmases. There were a few years when my husband was just starting out his company, and we were really, you know, not wanting to dive into our savings, and he was not getting a salary for about three years. And so our Christmas would be giving the kids a certain amount of money, and we would go in and find presents for each other. But the funny thing was, here I thought that I'd end up with a bunch of tchotchkes, Lloyd, but I got my niece like this cashmere coat. I got a cashmere sweater for my sister-in-law. And, you know, I Google the brands, and I look at the fabric when I'm in there. So I really search for some of the high-end things that I personally like and that I normally wouldn't spend the money on. Well, you know, your wife and I, I found her a, I think it was Lord and Taylor uh, fur, you know, um, and that we, we, we kind of have matching capes. And so anyway, to make a long story short, I thought it would be this goofy Christmas, it was at least two Christmases, where it wasn't very satisfying. And we ended up with unique high-end gifts, which was kind of shocking to me. We have a lot of cool stuff in our stores, and we just, you know, we collect hundreds of millions of items every year and resell them in our stores. Every year should be our Christmas year, and every day should be Angie Austin Day in our stores. So, you know, don't, don't, don't shift. Keep, keep it up. Well, and, uh, sports equipment, you've got to go there because your kids' sports equipment can be so expensive. Okay, I want to get into, again, and I know we've discussed this, but we've not, never gotten to the specifics of building your workforce. How many ARC ambassadors uh, were employed by you um, over a decade ago when you started running the company? So when I started in 2005, we had 500 total employees, uh, only 10 of whom had intellectual disabilities. I'm proud to say that 17 years later, uh, over 400 of our 1,700 employees have intellectual and developmental disabilities, and that's something we take a great pride in. That's like a quarter of your workforce. That's unbelievable. Um, and the company's never been more successful, and I attribute half our success to their employment. They're very inspiring. They're very positive. They love to contribute, and um, they help us increase morale, which, of course, helps us increase sales. I definitely agree with the morale because you and I've talked a lot about the heart of the organization. I always tell you I'm going to retire and work for you because it's one organization I've always had my eye on is like, I don't know, kind of a a bucket list place for me to work because I am associated with you guys. and I do like to do things with you. You just recently had an event to thank those of us involved, but also to raise money. And it was one of the coolest events I've ever been to. It was at the Botanic Gardens. It was like half outside and under 
you know, a tent, but you still had all your ambassadors there and like the fashion show. And then you had the awards for the ambassadors of the year. So their personalities, their heart, your people who have intellectual disabilities who work as ambassadors, they were, you know, all intermingled through the crowd. So I'm getting hugs. I'm saying hello to people. I know some of their parents, you know, it was just, and then you had different food stations and ice cream stations. And it was one of, I go to a lot of these events. It was one of the best events, if not the best, that I've ever been to for a nonprofit. It's become a celebration, a celebration of our mission, of our wonderful employees with intellectual disabilities. And we try to create as much fun as we can. Uh, My son Kennedy and I danced on the stage, if you recall. Yes, and you were up there speaking with him. I wasn't exactly Fred Astaire, but he he is a terrific dancer. My son Kennedy is 19 with Down syndrome. Uh, and then Kennedy um, helped me on stage, welcome the crowd and thank the crowd. And I think his knock knock jokes were the height of the uh, height of the event. Yes, they were. And um, my daughter yeah, Hope. So you hear five hundred people ask Pie who, and <laughs> Kennedy does a knock knock joke on Pie. <laughs> Well, my daughter, Hope, um, Kennedy has, and Hope have always had, you know, a little uh, sparkle in their eye for each other. She just gets such a kick out of him. And he, she's a beautiful girl. So, of course, Kennedy always loves to hang around her and joke around. And they just have such a nice rapport. And then my little one, Faith, too. And uh, it's just fun. The four of them with your older son, Aiden, they were just cracking jokes and running Ken- around. Kennedy's kind of a ladies man. He <laughs> loves cute young girls. Much better at it than I was. He is a crack up. You're like, oh yeah, like the first time they met, and he just kept following Hope around. You're like, oh yeah, he has an he has an eye for the cute girls. Whenever we come over for a barbecue or go to dinner or whatever, and she just really has a great rapport with him. It's so fun, uh, and that's the other cool thing just about having an inclusive workplace. That energy that my daughter has with Kennedy, that fun camaraderie. That's the way the um, ambassadors are with the quote unquote employees who aren't ambassadors. Now, how do you make this work so you're 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 hiring people with down syndrome autism um intellectual developmental differences um how does that work like do they need yeah explain when the whole thing started because i'm a parent of someone with uh down syndrome i thought we should walk the talk and we should hire some people with intellectual disabilities um it took off much faster than i thought it would it became much more successful than i thought it would because they're so inspiring, because so because they contribute so much, that literally when when people with intellectual disabilities ask us for a job, we always give them a job. Wow. We find something that they like to do, that they have the skill set for, and we make sure we find a spot uh, where everyone who's approached us with IDD, we we don't really turn anyone down. Wow. So it sort of grew word word of mouth, mm-hmm. and in the company. Our typical employees love working with these guys because they're so positive, because they're so inspiring, and they care for them, and they help them, and they support them, and and they really um, embody this wonderful spirit and esprit de corps, and it's been very inspiring to me. 
you know, um, one of one of your guys, I may have told you this, um, he does a lot of the like sending over like what you can't use, which may be too beat up or maybe they're going to be like turned into rags to use in a factory like old T-shirts. He's the guy that like um, arranges for that to be like shipped over to other countries and he kind of takes, you know, that 10 percent you can't use and he ships it off somewhere else. He came in, and he, I don't even know if he's there anymore, just a de- delightful, handsome young man. And he was explaining to me how the ambassadors, on like some of his worst days when he just comes to work and wants to cry, that they would sense in him like a sadness. And, you know, I can't remember his name, but he was the, your tallest ambassador. He was like 6'6", and his mom worked at the organization with you. Oh, Travis, yeah. Oh, just a big teddy bear, Travis. I've just met so many people with you. Thank you for remember saying Travis apparently came up to him and just like kind of just physically like kind of got him by the shoulders or looked him in the eyes or hugged him, but somehow connected with him and said, something's bothering you. Are you okay? And uh, your employee said that the way that the ambassadors are able to make him feel better, connect with him, care for him, it was one of the most touching moments when he explained to me how they make him feel when he's really having a bad day. Yeah, you know, if you work next to someone with intellectual disability, and if you do what we've all done in our history, which is complain or gossip, huh? they'll look at you like, you know, what are you, what are you talking about? Hanging clothing is the greatest job in the history of employment. And they really do raise everyone's spirits. And, you know, again, they're very inspiring, very positive. They love to contribute. They love to work in teams. And uh, Travis, who you mentioned, is a wonderful young man. He is. He is is 6'5". And I get a kick out of it because he, I think he's in his early to mid-30s. He still believes in Santa Claus. He goes to an adventure camp uh, near Winter Park, Adams Camp, every year. And his mom says he'll he'll start packing like a couple of months ahead of his oh. And he, he, he used to come over to our house, and he would sit down and color drawings of um, superheroes with my kids. Mm-hmm. But he, he, he embodies the spirit that you're talking about. You know, uh, I know that it's uh, more complicated maybe initially to train someone with intellectual disabilities because you've got to find their area of expertise. Like I remember Lori, who um, uh, is in a wheelchair, and isn't good with her hands. Uh, she told me she used to work in a place where she had to build little widgets with her hands and she couldn't make any money and she was frustrated and crying every day because she couldn't do it. But then you found, putting her as a greeter, people come in specifically just to see her because she's so full of energy and wonderful. So you have to find the yeah, right customers niche. Customers come in on the day she works mm-hmm. just because she's so wonderful to um, talk with. Yes, she is. Uh, every company can find spots for people with intellectual disabilities. There's no company that can. There's always some function, some job that someone with an IDD can be supported and productively employed. And we do it with on-the-job training. We do it with one-to-one pairing of typical employees with our employees with IDD. And um, I'm sort of on a mission to encourage other employers to do what we're doing, because it's just really not difficult. And by the way, the benefit to the company with increased morale just pays for itself in spades. So it's something every company should be doing. And I think that something you and I've never talked about that I'm seeing when I'm looking at their social media posting, 
um, the loyalty that they have to ARC, the appreciation they have to ARC, and the um, social network they develop with the other ambassadors, having these other friends that they go bowling with and take classes with, uh, being on time to work, um, sticking around for 10, 15, 20 years, where now we're seeing people quit because maybe their feelings are hurt. You're not getting ambassador or quitting because their feelings they are hurt. They have practically 0% turnover. Yeah. They are very loyal to the company. And they love their fellow employees. They love their fellow ambassadors. And they develop lifelong friendships. They believe properly that their role in our company is central to the company's success. A lot of them believe that if they don't show up for a given day, that the store is not going to do very well at all. <laughs> I love so that. They're just, they are just very committed. <laughs> I love that. All right, so um, uh, there are two days that my uh, they're really fun, especially for the kids to uh, shop. Um, Saturdays, uh, many items uh, half off, most items, and for seniors, which is deemed fifty five and up, um, also most items half off, and that's a killer deal, by the way. And uh, so hey, those are our two biggest sales days, I believe it. And all items, with the exception of one or two, and we have like six um, types of colored items in the store. But the majority of items on Saturday are 50 off. You okay. Know, senior day, the majority of items are 50 off if you're a senior, 55 or older. Well, I um, I have just been blessed to be affiliated with your organization now for, gosh, I don't know, it's been a long time, maybe 15 years that, I mean, you and I have known each other for 19 because that's how um, old Kennedy is. But, um, you know, it's been a long time that, I, and hopefully when I retire, I'll be working for you. Give us your website. It is arcthrift.com. And you can go on that uh, site to check out your nearest store, your, your nearest donation station. We love donations. We love to have shoppers come in and take part in the great values and bargains in our store. And the public has been so generous and so kind to us that it, it really does inspire us. Well, you inspire me, arcthrift.com. I'm so uh, blessed to call you a friend. Thank you so much, Lloyd Lewis, uh, C- President and CEO of ARC. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM 670 KLTT.